What's up, motherfuckers? Take me back to the 90s podcast, episode 20. Hope I find you well wherever you are on this beautiful planet called Earth. Let's go. We're going to start this podcast. Nicki Minaj. You will be mixed. This is the hardest shit Nicki ever did. Okay, fuck all that. So if y'all motherfuckers don't know, if y'all haven't been um, up to date what's going on in the timeline, Nicki Minaj went on Twitter yesterday and she said, I quote, I've decided to retire and have my family. I know you guys are happy. (laughs) Now, to my fans, keep repping me. Do it to the death of me. So, uh, Nicki Minaj apparently is stepping away from the mic because she wants to start a family with, um, with her husband. Um, I don't know. A lot of people don't believe that she's retiring. It's the whole, you know, Jay-Z's done this about five times. So, I wouldn't be surprised if Nicki felt a certain way. I honestly feel like, and I got jokes for this, for this, because it's like, I'm not gonna take it seriously when rappers say they're gonna retire, and then in a month or year's time, they got a project out. I mean, we've learned from from, from Jay Z, and um, I kind of feel like Nicki is in the feelings a little bit about this, and I think I know why. <laughs> I think I know, I know, I know why Nicki. I know she says she wants to start a family. That doesn't mean you have to retire, Nikki. Like, mm-mm. I think it's in a combination of a lot of things. And we've we've kind of been prophetic on this podcast, me and Dylan. Obviously, Dylan's not here today um, on, on today's podcast. It's a solo podcast if you're listening to this. Dylan is kind of in his feels today. I think I think there's trouble in paradise. So, so I, he, he sent me a message like, I can't record a podcast today. He never, he never told me why. But anyway, <laughs> but yeah, back to Nikki. I think we've kind of been prophetic about Nicki Minaj and, and the state of 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 where she's at with what's going on in hip hop and female hip hop, especially with the Megan, um, with the Megans of the world, with the, with the Cardis of the world, um, the rap city of the world. I feel like. When she came into this shit, she was the only one. She was the only one doing it at a level that we haven't seen since since um, Kim and Foxy stepped away from hip hop. But then I feel like she she's 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 an old girl in a in a young young girl's game. You know what I mean? 
Um, and then what I didn't like was like, she she alluded that people are going to be happy that she's retiring. Like, she's like, I know you guys are happy now. Like, you, like why would we be happy? <laughs> like, I know there were jokes flying around and everything, but I, for one, I'm not a fan of Nikki, the, the, the person, the celebrity, but I am a fan of, okay, not the current Nikki music, but I, I do, in the past, I've listened to Nicki Minaj, so I kind of disagree and and i would want to know why she feels that way and um i know people are making jokes about her twerking skills on on that uh hot girl summer video i mean we 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 we, we, we gonna bring some celestial shit into it like fam that on its own was kind of like fam number one megan the trainer should not should not have let you like do that like it was not a good look like you guys are um, doing well you're winning lala was like yo we, we're winning by like a thousand points all this hot girl summer shit was turned off when Nicki minaj was on that chair <laughs> and she attempted to twerk it just goes to show you can buy all the ass in the world all this kid in the world but you can't buy no fucking movement <laughs> That shit was bad. And like, the editor, I want to ask also, like, the editor who's editing this video, like, he should have cut it. Like, he should have cut it. I know it's probably, and it probably gave more views, and that's why he left it. It was a bit, but, I mean, somebody, the director, you know, Megan should have been like, come on, sis, come on. This ain't, this ain't it. You know what I mean? And I feel like Nikki should, she, she, at a position in, in, in the position that she's at in hip hop is like she's the OG she's the elder statement in, in female hip hop and hip hop in general you know what I mean and like now we've got the Megans and the city girls and all that like it's time for you to sit yourself on your throne and let the young people do young shit you know what I mean um so I feel like this the, that's why this announcement was made just so rash and I was like I don't know if she's in the best space, and uh, honestly, I think she needs to take stop taking things so serious and literal. I, 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 that's what something I realized, you know, about Nicki Minaj in the last couple of year or so with Queen Radio and everything that's happened. The whole Joe Budden interview is like. She takes a lot of this shit on the internet, what people say to heart. And I feel like to anybody who wants to be a celebrity or um, a socialite or whatever it may be, like, that's why, like, we'll go back to a couple episodes and I was like, why it's important, you know, to read, to read, um, what's it called? What's my favorite book? Now I'm forgetting my favorite book. How am I forgetting my favorite book? I'm talking about Nikki, but yeah, it's so important um, not to care what people think and 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 don't take that shit to heart because what people say about you, whether it be true or not, it shouldn't define you. Um, what's my book? How am I okay for me to land this point? I need to find this book because it's gonna annoy me now. The four. The Four, The Four. How the fuck am I forgetting my favorite book on earth? The Four what? The Four, 
the four agreements. Yes, back to my point. Back to what we've talked about on this podcast about the four agreements and how the four agreements is a must-read book and how it changed my life. And I feel like one of the four agreements says, don't take anything personal. And I think Nikki needs to read this in retirement because I think she takes a lot of shit that people say, like, fuck into heart. And it's like raw like chill you know what i mean um so yeah i i would want her to listen to read this book don't take anything personally that's what that's one of the agreements um go check out don miguel ruiz the four agreements read the fifth one i'm i'm currently reading the, the fifth one it's a life changer you will never um listen to any negativity on on your life or anything like and i feel like nikki definitely needs that nikki is in her feels a lot and i th- i think this retirement is premature i feel like she still has a lot of music content that she can make you know i would love to hear married nikki or mother nikki make music um but yeah it's interesting. The reception of it was interesting, and I, and I feel like it's banter. People are always going to joke, but people like really do fuck with her. You know, there's a reason why there's a Bob army. You know, and the reason why she's at the top of of of, of the female rap game. Even though we got some new cats, but you know, let's get it twisted. Every one of these new artists are not. You know, can't lyrical miracle you like one Nicky can. You just heard the intro of Monster, like the intro song that I played, Monster. Like, she goes in her flow, her pen game. You can't take that away. And I think people try to take that away and say a lot of people in the past have had something to do with it. I really don't. I, I disagree. I think when it comes to spitting bars and, 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 and 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 living an an imprint, no pun intended, in this rap game, she definitely is a legend. And and uh, flowers to her, man. Flowers to fucking Nicki Minaj. I'm gonna continue on some other shit, on some other sad stuff. We we started like you know a bit you know upbeat, and uh, we going we gonna continue on some on on some. On some things that that's kind of been um, interesting and 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 um, has polarized the freaking timeline, my timeline anyway. So, xenophobia and femicide. Um, so we're gonna talk about, you know, you know, South Africa is splitting apart at the seams. You know, um, earlier this week, protesters gathered outside Parliament. In Cape Town, at the first session of the World Economic Forum in Cape Town, protest signs called on men, the president and the country to share our burden and to stop killing us. As South Africans took to the street in memory of 19-year Uyenene Muretayana. I can't, I'm sorry if I said that name wrong. The first year University of Cape Town student was raped and murdered last week after the accused uh, post office employee lured her into the Claridge post office. Post office. The South African Police Service confirmed that the 42-year-old employee was arrested and charged with murder after he confessed to killing the student. I mean, that story on its own is just sad. And 
I know, I know a lot of females in South Africa right now or across Africa, you know, are feeling, you know, what happened to this girl and how sad of a story it was. And for it to happen and in broad daylight at a freaking post office. Um, and even the images are going around of, of this girl. And um, she, I think she was a film student at, at UCT. It's just, it's just, it's sad. And, and even, you know, the march that they did yesterday, you know, it, it, the images, the drone images that I saw, it was just, like, powerful, you know, all, 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 all the black women coming together and saying, you know, women need, men need to take accountability and, and, and stand up for us and stop killing us. And, um, you know... Gender-based violence. We've been talking about this on the podcast, and we've kind of, we've kind of been prophetic. I'm gonna be honest with you. We've been talking about a lot of these things in the last episodes. And if you haven't listened, go back. Me and Dylan have gone into deep about this, and and this situation is different from uh, from from things that we've we've spoken about um, because it's really a fucked up situation. I don't know how you can prevent this. Um, I know I'm a cynic, <laughs> but. Um, like, how do we how do we deal with this? How do we deal with 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 the gender based violence going on in our in in this world currently? Um, I don't know. Um, I know a lot of females have been saying men need to stand up and and if you know somebody, we need to start calling out people that do this. And and. I hear you. I hear you. I hear the women that are sharing all this, all these stories, and like, I don't feel like men are with us. And it's not the first story um, of this girl. Is there's very several stories all over the world, all over Africa, you know, of, of of black females, not even black females only, but just women as a whole, and there's no accountability. And to the females that say um, we need to stand up and, 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 and be accountable and if we know somebody, we need to call out people. Like I said, I hear you. But, and, and I hope this doesn't sound insensitive. But to send, I feel like a lot, of, a lot of men are now put into, we're now getting grouped into this just, we're all one type of you know like it's like yes there is a lot of uh gender-based violence across africa and across the world and it is disgusting and i don't condone it in no way but not all men like i like that and even when when I, i was i was puzzled not puzzled but i was i was I, I was thinking deep into, you know, the, the, the women in my life, and not just women in my life, but women on social saying, you niggas are quiet. You niggas are not saying shit. Uh, you know a lot of people that do a lot, uh, the same situations like this, and I'm like, uh, but I don't know anyone in my life that does this kind of stuff. And if they, And if they do, hold on, if they do, I'm not aware of it, and we're not aware of it. 
if if like I've been in situations where I've I've definitely noticed, especially African men, and 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 we've talked about this. Like I hope this is why I wish Dylan, Dylan. I wish you listen when you listen to the podcast. I hope you should have been in this podcast because we've we've spoken about this and how there's a lot of BS that African men do, and and how we treat our women like it's our property. You know what I mean? Like, and it's and 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 I, it makes me uncomfortable. Even seeing that, and I've been in situations and parties. I'm talking about group settings with a lot of people, and I've seen like some 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 questionable things, and it's kind of become cultural habit with African men. And it's like I've definitely had have I've spoken to a couple of dudes like, "Yo, what you doing right now? Yo, this girl, she's not feeling what you're doing. It's not cute." You coming and, and touching this woman's ass and thinking that she's gonna holler at you or she's suddenly gonna be like, ooh, like this like I've definitely been in, in, in environments with people like that. Not even like my crew, because I'm definitely not gonna tolerate that type of shit in my crew. Like we we just not gonna do that. But I've definitely seen it among other people and especially an older generation, you know the sugar daddy culture. You know how the sugar daddy culture is in, in Africa. And I, I've definitely seen some mean, mean, me too esque shit happen in public settings with sugar daddies. And what we're not talking about is how a lot of—I'm not saying all of them—but as women need to come together and get get and 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 be united with this because you say this and this. I'm not talking about the Cape Town and what's happening in Cape Town. I'm I'm, I'm not drifting apart in just how men treat women. And there's also accountability that you have to take. Because I see so many females where, why do you think niggas catcall and do all this weird shit in public sentence to touch your bum or like hold your, like try, try to drag you like to, to where they are or like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, hey sister, how you doing? Like, you know, you, you know the African shit. And, and because it works sometimes. There are a certain group of females that do like love that type of shit, and I'm, I want to be very open, and I want to be let's help. And 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 this is my problem with societies. We we talk about one thing at one side of the story, but there's a lot of shit that we leave out, and I feel like there's a lot of females that are enablers. To sugar daddy culture of niggas like acting like they can buy you, like in a club, they can just buy you a, a six pack of Savannah or or whatever, and then they're yours, and and that's why niggas perpetuate this bullshit. So yes, we don't have a right to you. We don't owe you don't owe us shit, but this culture, this African culture of like yo. If I buy a girl this, like she's mine, or I can touch a girl's ass and, you know, like I can get away with it, or I can just drag a girl from the street and be like, yo, talk to me, what's your, what's your name? And like, it'd be just like normal and no one blink an eye about it. It's because there's a certain group of females that fucking allow it. You know what I mean? And, and like we said last week, you know, we talked about, I, I spoke 
and this is the thing, right? It infuriates me, right? Because the same females that are saying, you know, am I next? Hashtag am I next? Are the females, the homies that I speak to, and I'm like, yo, be safe when you go out on the, to, to the club with your homegirls on your own with no nigga around you. This is the same women like, nah, why are you telling me this? I'm grown. I can take care of myself. That's my problem with with women sometimes. Like, I've like and, I, and I've spoken about this on this podcast. I have so many females that I'm like, yo, you're moving crazy. You're going to a fucking pub or bar or club on your own. You 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 get you you let niggas buy drinks from you buy drinks for you, and you're not even like have any cautious or like guard around you, and you just go home drunk, and you're like, and it's like fam, no, and I, and and I'm like, yo, why are you doing this? Like, I, I'm actually worried for your safety. I'm calling, like, did you get home safe? Like, and then they're like, nah, oh, who do you think you are? Ah, oh, I'm independent. I've lived alone. Blah, blah, blah. The same fucking women that are saying, am I next? And I'm not saying all of you, but I, I'm just giving my vent. Was like, sometimes you, women fucking frustrate me because it's like, before all of this, I've, we've, I've been saying this shit. Listen to the fucking last past five podcasts. Me and Dylan have been talking about this. About yo, raw, you niggas need to need to peep who you've and I'm by no means a man talking about this K uh Unene shit because that shit is fucking different. You cannot prefix that, you cannot see that before it happens. Like, but I'm talking about situations where females put themselves in situations where it's like, mm, you should be smart about that. You should be smart about the about the nigga you, you you hang around with. I know you go into his house and but do you know this nigga? And 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 talking about this whole "Am I next?" movement, it's kind of it's breeding a lot of good and bad. It's breeding a lot of um, breeding might be a wrong word, but it's starting a lot of things on social media. A lot of people sharing their stories and just 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 go on Twitter and and search. Hashtag am I next? Like you'll see some some really sad stories. But then there's also some shit that's 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 starting and it's the whole surviving Twitter accounts where females are sending in their accounts of rape or you know uh, 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 any form of abuse that you know they've encountered and they're kind of just like saying that shit out loud and then but the, the, the thing about this is like this and they several accounts and I, i've seen one i'm not going to mention them because i'm not even going to want to promote that because i like I, I i've said like this couple a day ago like i feel like that type of shit it's like the dick yelp shit it's like it's 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 irresponsible to, to share stories that somebody sends you in the DM that you don't know are true or not. Like, I, I know the <laughs> this shit is, is, is deep and this is probably hurtful to, to keep, like, and you want to tell somebody or you want some form of justice, but social media justice is not going to fill any fucking hole that you have in your heart. It's not the way. Like, I, I don't think... It's it's not the right way to go about things, and um, my problem with with these accounts, the um, these surviving accounts, is not that I'm against people sharing their stories, 
and maybe naming and shaming the people that did it. But it's the way that these people are doing it is kind of like, it's not responsible. Because somebody can send a freaking, the internet is cruel. Somebody can send a story and my picture and say that I did this at a party, this, this, that. And a lot of people are saying, well, they have the right to say that. And I'm like, okay, they do. But I don't see none of these accounts, like, they don't verify these stories. They just take whatever is in their DM and post that shit. And I feel like a lot of it is kind of, and I'm sorry for being sensitive, it's for clout. Because a lot of, I've seen a lot of these accounts spring from nowhere after this UCT shit. Let's be fucking honest. Why are you doing this? There is a group of people that are doing this because it is a thing and, and they want awareness. But there's also a group of people, let's not forget, that are doing this shit for clout. And I know it sounds like fucked up for me to say this. But if you were really on like, yo, I want survivors to, to have to share their story, you would have been talk been been said all this shit. You would have been, you know, started this all these uh surviving accounts. Um yeah, I just think it's just it's not the right way to go about things. Um I'm not gonna be the, the, the judge and jury of what you should do, but yeah, I think go to therapy. That is my first advice for anyone who's gone through abuse. And if you want some justice, social justice doesn't work. It doesn't work and it's not going to fill the hole that you have. It's not going to give you what you want. And I'm telling you this from experience. I'm not saying this is somebody who doesn't know shit about that. No. Trust me. It's not going to fill that hole. You need to deep, like, you need to, like, some deep soul searching and realize what happened to you should not define you. Somebody that has gone through this, I'm telling you right now. Um... Yeah, I, I want to know what you guys think, and I wish Dylan was here because I, I want to have this conversation with somebody else. And and solo podcast is kind of, it's kind of like not as not as not the best because you you can't bounce back from somebody and you you skip a lot of shit. Um, like I want you to women, I want y'all to continue this, but the right way. There's a right and wrong way in everything, and a lot of you are doing the right thing marching a lot of females uh, I've seen a lot of shit about um, a lot of NGOs want to you know every female should have a pepper spray and and you know encourage uh, what's it called self-defense classes and all that and I know I had a conversation with Dylan yesterday and he, he has a feeling about this you know about self-defense and pepper sprays and all that and he feels like yes it can help but still a man and I, and I I hear what it's saying but I feel like anything that can help none of these stories continue is a step in the right direction I think it's, it's sad very sad and pathetic the men that do so I condone it it's fucking pathetic please don't take me being um, objective in the situation having a bird's eye view 
on on things as then I'm anti you know your movement or nah I I hear you but there's a right way and a wrong way to do this um but yeah rest in peace uh to what's the name I don't want to get a name wrong what is the name Uyinene Unene is how you say rest in peace to Unene um my soul rest in peace we're gonna move on to also, you know, the Afrophobia. What people would say. I, I I would say Afrophobia. I wouldn't even say xenophobia. So if you guys I don't know live under a rock, I know my Western friends and my Western I have a problem with all the also this and it's something that I wanna talk with Dylan about. So I'm gonna wait because um I feel like <laughs> Africa's kind of been on fire like the last week and no one really gives a shit and I feel I, I hate this I hate how as an African born man who lives in the western world I have to care about what happens in the west not don't have to actually but I live in the West, in Western world, so, you know, I'm a citizen of the United Kingdom, I'm British, I feel like I have to care about what happens in this country, I have to care about what happens all over the world, I think I, I take myself as a citizen of the world, but I feel like, Western people, my American friends, my European friends, like, they only give a shit what happens in their <laughs> in a mile radius like they don't give a shit about anything else and as somebody who really cares about yo two weeks ago we were on about the rainforest and what's going on and everyone just forgot about that and that's another thing that I hate is this whole fake not fake outrage yeah but it's fake outrage Let's, I'm gonna say how it is For the fake outrage that goes on when a new story hits we outrage, we write articles, we write paragraphs on Instagram, on Twitter. We say we're going to do this. We put a fucking blue, purple, freaking profile pic. And we do shit. And Dylan said something very powerful to me. And he said, our forefathers did more than we are doing and they didn't have social media. Like, they, we, like our forefathers actually went to town hall meetings and said, yo... How are we going to address this forest burning? Like, how are we going to address what's happening in Sudan? How are we going to address what's happening in South Africa? How are we going to address what's happening here or here? And I feel like we're now in a, in a society where we fake outrage for a week. We fake outrage over the Amazon forest. I don't see nobody talking about the Amazon forest. Nobody does shit. No one says fucking... No one does nothing. We just fake outrage and bullshit and just blame it on this and blame it on that, but don't do shit. And the next week, we have a new news story, and we fake outrage on this. And the next week, we fake outrage on this. And it's like, hurrah, like, what the fuck do we do, like, as a society? And and I feel like it's, it's never felt more <laughs> um, end of the worldy. If you know, understand what I'm trying to say. And I think I, I was peeping it and I was kind of like talking to myself and I was like, 
I think it's the internet because of the internet is like the int- like we have roots now, like we have veins all over the world. We we feel what you know Bahamas went through with Hurricane Dorian. We feel what you know South America dealing with with the rainforest. We feel what Africans and Africans are dealing with with uh, xenophobia and Afrophobia and um, gender based violence. It's like, yo, it feels so like end of world. It feels like, yo, so much shit is going wrong. But it's like, because we have so much with social media now, it's like, in the 90s, we never felt like this. Like, we only concern ourselves with what's happening in our block and nothing else. And um, part of me wants to go back. And part of me is like, yo, I can't do this, honestly. Because it's like, I'm, I'm the only one who cares you know when africa goes through shit americans don't give a shit the british don't give a shit the french don't give a shit it's like but when you niggas go through shit we're like oh we're in opera so i made a promise to myself not a promise but i like i was like i'm not gonna give a shit about anything other than my livelihood or what my country or my people Cause it's like I fucking care about you, like especially to my American friends, and I know I have an American audience, and I, especially to my African Americans, I honestly feel like you should just delete the first part of your fucking race because there's nothing other than your skin that's African. Africa has been in pain this past week, and I have not heard a single tweet. I've not heard. Nothing from black Twitter, from black media. And it continues to happen. It happened, and I said it on this podcast a couple months ago, when um, Dopian Airlines went through that crash and nobody, the West never cared, other than mainstream media, but I was like, okay, I peeped it, and I was like, okay. It's, 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 it's sad. I honestly think it's sad that you call yourself African Americans and you care more about the last bit of who you are than what you really are, where you come from. And I really want my African American friends, not to take this personal, but I feel like every one of you needs to know where you've come from to know where you're going. Um, and I'm going to say this with so much respect, but I feel like where you when you don't know where you've come from you don't know where you're going and you're lost and um doing a freaking what is this thing that i saw an advert of where you do your history like you 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 take you send your dna off what are these sites that are making money from you and just telling you you're from togo and western africa oh really come on man Ancestry, like just doing an ancestry test, uh, ancestry, ancestry, ancestry.com test is not enough for you to be like, I'm African. Nah, like, and I'm saying this, but I know like only a few will even listen to this. A lot of you don't care, so I'm not gonna care. I'm gonna continue. <laughs> I'm gonna continue. Actually, how, how did I skip over this xenophobia and all these what they call xenophobic attacks that happen in South Africa, mainly in Joburg, and how South Africans are burning foreign black Afri- black African foreign businesses and looting and beating them up 
because apparently they're taking their jobs and they're all foreign Africans are drug addicts. When it comes to this whole xenophobic shit, it's not even xenophobic shit, it's Afrophobia, because if you're xenophobic to foreigners, what about the biggest foreigners in your country, Chinese people? I didn't see a Chinese person store get looted. I didn't see an Indian person store get looted. I didn't see all the white people that own land and businesses and stores all around South Africa get looted. I didn't see you going to the mines and looting all the fucking diamonds, you know. Uh, Chinese and 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 white people are stealing. Mm, okay, so it's Afrophobia, it's self hate, and uh, Julius Malema said some. I don't know why Julius Malema is the most sensible African leader that we have. And I think that's kind of pathetic that he's the only sensible person, but he said some real shit, and it's like the white people, the white person steal all of this bullshit, like. He made us hate ourselves. And it's very deep. And I, I want to hold this conversation for another day. Because I want to have it with Dylan. But, um, yeah. That situation right now in South Africa is just... I'm speechless about it, to be honest. Because it, it made me sick. It honestly... I know we, we... People usually say... Yo, it made me sick, like, it's just like a, like, you know, euphemism or whatever, but I legit was sick seeing the images, and there were a lot of fake bullshit, I'm gonna get into the fake news bullshit people are on, <laughs> but a lot of it, the actual footage, like, that I saw, and what, and even what the rhetoric of, of what people were saying, I saw Casper, you know, this uh, South African rapper, tweet about like saying no to xenophobia and how he was sickened about it and just reading even in the comments in his like it's like yo they really don't fuck with you know your African brothers and, and somebody said yo we, we never had borders before Africa was just one big <laughs> happy continent you know our tribe just moved in like like a bunch of cattle like you know what I mean you know, Shaka Zulu would just, one day he's, you know, in Joburg, one day he's up north, one, like, we never had borders, like, we are, there's not much that separates us, like, you know what I mean, for us to treat each other like this, we are the same people, um, and I know it's a minority in South Africa, I know this doesn't, and a lot of people feel like so the whole of South Africa feels like this. And sometimes social media, it does feel like that. But I, I saw a lot of people like were like, nah, this is this is not defined who South Africans are. And I, and I, for those people, I, 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 I applaud them. Because I can imagine how it is when the voice of, of, of the people saying we need the niggas to go is louder than the people that are saying, yo, no, don't do this. You know what I mean? Um, it's not a rainbow nation. I know, um, Tata Nelson Mandela once would be rolling in his grave right now. And it's another topic that I'm going to save. Because it's a fucking deep topic. I know they call it the rainbow nation because it's, it's, got, very, it's got many colors, Indians, blacks, um, the boars, uh, the coloreds. Um, 
but but for it to be a rainbow nation, there needs to be equality when it comes to wealth. Because I, I read a stat that kind of made me also sick. 85% of South Africa's wealth is owned by white South Africans. Chinese people. Indians. And that on its own is just like, we are focusing on the wrong shit. We are focusing on the wrong shit. Um, they're laughing. Same shit I said about the NFL and the whole Jay-Z bullshit applies here. The white people, <laughs> they, they're loving this. Focus on, on yourselves. Focus, forget about us stealing all the, taking all the diamonds and all the wealth of this country and focus on, on these foreigners who are trying to work for their, hard to work for their families. I don't have a lot to say about this topic because it, it brings to me to the topic we've talked about. It's like, I've honestly given up on black people. And that's that's where I, I've, I've I've reached, as an as an African child, because the shit we do to each other, and how people think like violence is is the means. Like, let's say you're tired of your foreigners. There's a right way to go about this. Is immigration? I'm sure you have an immigration team or whatever. You can phone like yo. Or if, if you think foreigners are, you know, the only ones who are doing, dealing drugs or whatever, then that's the police job. So let, let, let you know, let them de- deal with it. And even with how Nigerians and, and, and Zambians and Mozambicans are um, reacting by burning South African companies and um, stopping any South African vehicle... Even I think that that's... Even I, I understand why they feel like that, especially Nigerians, and why a lot of people feel like that. But it's like... You're not any better than them. Because imagine me, I'm a South African driver. I'm cross-border driver going from South Africa to Mozambique, and then you stop me. I'm not the one doing all this bullshit. And now you beat me alive because of my fellow citizens my fellow peers like it's not it's not it's not the right way to go about things to be honest um i hope we find a solution i hope we don't do what we did with the rainforest and just forgot about it and like oh it's just gonna whatever and i feel like that's what's, that's what's happening right now because you know, now we, we, we're talking about President uh, Robert Gabriel Mugabe having passed, and it's like, now we're on to the next topic. We're forgetting about all this Afrophobia and xenophobia and all these criminal activities against our, our brothers and sisters. And now we're going to f- focus on, on Mugabe and we're going to forget, and we, we're not going to sit down and have a solution to how do we fix this. I don't even know how, if it can be fixed, to be honest. For this generation, I think we, we, we need to focus on the next generation 
of kids. Um, cause yeah, it makes me sick to be honest. It makes me sick. Um, on to the next shit. My president, not, not even my president, y'all president, former president Robert Gabriel Mugabe died in Singapore today, actually. Um, <laughs> when I heard this, right, usually when people of significance die, you you feel a certain type of way. I'll be honest, man. <laughs> I did not give a shit that this niggas died. Niggas 95 years old. Um, I'm actually fucking happy that he can make his maker. Um, there's a lot of hypocritic BS going on the timeline. A lot of motherfuckers that marched uh, to remove this tyrant <laughs> were jumping on tanks and taking selfies with soldiers and other ones who are like R.I.P. Rest in peace to that motherfucker. I will never in my life ever say rest in peace to somebody who killed hundreds of thousands of people. Fuck that nigga. And everybody who fucks with him. From the bottom of my heart, I hope he burns in hell. <laughs> and a lot of people... Are gonna be like that's rude, manager. I'm in this country because of that motherfucker. We all are, are, have been displaced by what that motherfucker did. He does not deserve my rest in peace. That would be so ingenuine, you know. When dictators die, like I shed no tear, especially those murdered tens of thousands and ruined their countries with disastrous policies. If they, even if they were liberators, in quotations, from another extractive regime, they are guilty of so much more. And I have so little respect. And that's the only thing I'm going to say about that dickhead. May he return, may he, may he, may he not rest <laughs> at fucking all. Um... All I'm going to say is we, we need to take a deeper look at the shit that we, we say and then what we do. A lot of hypocritic motherfuckers. <laughs> like, it's crazy. It's fucking crazy. I'm going to end it on that. Um, it's been a short podcast. But it, it, it's kind of been a summer podcast, to be honest. I, I, to be honest, I really didn't want to do this. I told Dylan, like, I was like, I'm tired of black people. I'm tired of this world. Let the fucking end of the world come. Like, I, I couldn't give a shit. <laughs> That's where I'm at right now. Like, we just, a lot of, it's just so apocalyptic, ap- ap- apocalyptic right now. Like, so much shit is going on and no accountability, no action is taken. And it's like, yo, these motherfucking man, I am done with y'all motherfucking humans. I, I, I wouldn't give a shit right now if Thanos came and just snapped on your motherfuckers. <laughs> and we're going to talk about next week how Thanos is not actually a villain. Thanos is a hero, motherfucker. I'm going to end this podcast right now, episode 20. Thank you very much.
17,000 streams in 20 episodes. Looking at the analytics right now, I appreciate you. I would have never thought, starting this little podcast, that I want to get my, you know, my little POV, my little whack-ass POVs to the world that I would ever, you know, getting over 17,000 streams. That is beautiful. That is amazing. I appreciate everyone who has discussions with me after this podcast. Now a lot of you always get triggered by the shit we say. Um, today has been kind of like lackluster because Trigger himself is, is not is not here. And talking about Dylan, he just sent me a fucking text message. What what did Dylan say? So I'm gonna end it with Dylan's uh nine thousand pick. We, we you know we we've been doing this whole ninety sleepers pick and two thousand sleepers pick since Dylan is a fucking Generation Z head ass nigga. So. He sent me his fucking. <laughs> he sent me sleepers pick yesterday, and to be honest, this is not a fucking sleeper, Dylan. Please get your shit in order. This is not a sleeper. So I'm in the podcast right na- right here. This is a 2000 sleeper. Say it right by Nelly Furtado. Dylan, this is not a sleeper. This was a hit. Timberland, Timberland is fucking underrated, yo. Tato would say it right. This is this is listen, that's not a sleeper. Get a sleeper next time. This is my sleeper. Y'all don't know this. This is my favorite 90s artist, my 90s sleeper. This is Tevin Campbell, which Yeah.
Tevin Campbell. Okay, listening to lyrics, uh, yeah, that was kind of a little bit suspect by Tevin Campbell. That was the nineties for you, like niggas would make like <laughs> this nigga said, "I want to wait till everyone goes to sleep so I can break it." <laughs> Yo, he said, "I want to do like homework." Like what the fuck? Yo, Tevin Campbell, that shit does not age well. Thank you for listening to me back to tonight's podcast episode 20. Hope I find you well. Have a good week. Next week, I'm not, I've not forgotten. We're going to dive into Jay-Z and this whole Inspire for Change bullshit and some something that I found out about it. We're going to talk about with Dylan next time. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I know it's been kind of like, kind of low and kind of like, you know, but it's been, it's been a weird week. So I'm a, I'm a, see you next time. Peace and love. Deuces. <laughs>